This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Recording again. There you go. But, all right, yeah, so we'll talk a little NBA about – well, did anybody see that fight in the stands in uh, Phoenix and Denver? No. No, I didn't. Oh, just, just oh, recently. Just... Yeah, let me see if I can find it real quick. Be- between fans? Yes. Oh, no, I haven't even heard about that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the last one I saw was the one between the, the women sax fans that were out there. That was no, this was uh, um, Barstool actually had the guy on the radio this week because of what? It. What is it about the fans uh, upon the return to the uh, to the stands here uh, after COVID? Jeez, well, this one sequestered for a year and a half, and you saw that that. Beer cup thing at Wrigley Field. And yeah, the last count I saw said it was about forty-five thousand dollars worth of beer. <laughs> that beer snake was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that, so that, that beer snake's gonna pay for us to get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see. I'm gonna share this with you guys. Wrigley's is out there. Drink some more. Drink some more. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> What's wrong with you, right field? How come you don't have one? <laughs> I don't know how loud it's going to be for you guys, but oh, and then he comes, just comes, he gets it. Oh, oh. This gets real. Kind of a mistake. He probably should have stayed where he was. <laughs> oh, no. It's like a finisher move here. That's like a bad hockey fight. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, well, the one over his head, but he's getting powdered. Well, the one guy, yeah, he was like, he cheap shot at him, and then he got his boy, he got his ass whipped. Yeah. Well, thank God he got the first one because that's the only one I think he got. Yeah. Well, so the thing that came out of that was Barstool loved the fact that the guy was yelling the whole time, sons and four, sons and four, and then they ended up sweeping him. <laughs> so he was on Bar- he was on Barstool Radio with uh, Portnoy this week about it all, like on a FaceTime call. But just like, like Keith said, I don't know what's going on, but it's leading to extra entertainment, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I forget about the games. <laughs> yeah. Put the cameras on the stands. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fans are just coming back. That, you know, 
entitled and they want to, you know, they're, they're crazy. It's been cooped up for too long. Yeah. I, I didn't like when they start touching the players and stuff, you know, or throwing stuff at the players, but, you know, because they're, they're beating themselves up. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's getting, you know, everybody comes back too, and all these fans are, are getting banned for life or a year or whatever it is, you know, like how stupid is that? They probably thought, well, I didn't miss it too much. You know, I'll just watch everything on TV now. Yeah, one of choice. Must go to another another city. Yeah. But so one thing with the NBA, right? So you got two series tied at 2-2, mm-hmm. both play tonight, and then the Nets are up 3-2 over the Bucks. Did it Matt, did you watch that game last night at all? Uh, a little bit of it. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see, I didn't, I, I just saw highlights and I saw some of the big time talking points was, uh, James Harden, who was expected to be out and then ended up playing was only the primary defender on nine plays. <laughs> if you're the Bucks, how, like, how, how is that your game plan? Not to just attack him even when he's healthy because he's a horrible defender. Right. Mm-hmm. That bottom line is he's a horrible defender all around. I mean, you, you're yeah. playing with like four and a half guys. I mean, the points he puts up offensively, it really negates how bad he is on defense. But yeah, he's uh, not good. Well, I don't know. Did Kyrie Irving play too? Because I know he, he hurt his ankle. I think no, he- no. So you had James Harden who's hurt. Kyrie who's pretty much probably out – for the rest of this series, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you let uh, Durant go off for 49 points yeah. to pretty much cost you the game. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it looked like when Brooklyn came out, I think they beat Milwaukee second game by like 40 or 50 points or something. It was just like a, a beat down. And then when the Lakers went out, it was basically Brooklyn's whole, you know, to win the, the finals. It's, it's their a cake not a cakewalk but if they don't win it you know it, it looks bad but then yeah you get a couple injuries and um but then you get James Harden back so that's uh that's a big plus yeah. I mean, even if he is bad defensively he's still I mean I don't like James Harden I, I watch him and I, I don't understand how he scores so many points but yeah, he just he makes it look pretty easy I wouldn't want him on my team but uh he's pretty unstoppable on the offensive end um but yeah, with the Milwaukee team flying back uh, when they went back into the home stadium, you know, so uh, they made a game of it. But like if you're Budenhauser, right? So Durant had 49, mm-hmm. Griffin had 17, Jeff Green had 27, Harden had five. Like, how do you not start just doubling Durant the entire. Yeah, I didn't get beat by Blake Griffin. Yeah, beat, beat us, you know. But. Then James Harden is obviously not 100%. He only scored five. No. Yeah, five points, four assists. Uh, but, yeah. So, the real point about the NBA was mm-hmm. – Ky- uh, not Kyrie. Uh, oh, my God. Kawhi Leonard, right? Mm-hmm. So, him and Paul George can both – opt out after this year yes if they lose that series do they opt out i uh probably yeah get another big deal you know i, I don't know i i so the bulls paul I george 
Well, yeah, that, that would be a really nice fit, honestly. He's the, he's the guy because you know, yeah, I don't know because we got to get a got to get a point guard, and I think I think they'll end up getting Lonzo. I really do. I think there's going to be some trade in the works, some signing trade once you know Lonzo is uh, he'll be a restricted free agent. Well, uh, or they can help that or hope that uh, Chris Paul stock drops a bit if he misses a series due to COVID protocol. How old is Chris Paul? Uh, Chris Paul is—he's is, thirty-six. He just turned thirty-six on May sixth. Yeah. That wall's coming. It is, but he just went. I think his style of basketball though allows him to play at a you know play at a high level later. He's not physical, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's how you know. He's just smart. He deals the ball well, and he's actually been shooting. A lot better, you know, this year than I think he has been throughout most of his career. I mean, he's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter, but I think he's one of the reasons that, you know, late in the game, he's been keeping them in or putting them over the top. Um, Denver's, I mean, I don't know what, you know, happened to Denver, but I mean, that was, that had to make it a great series and they just, they could, <clears throat> couldn't, couldn't keep it together. Matt, who are you uh, picking to uh, win it all uh, for my, uh, um, unknowledgeable uh, viewpoint. It looks like uh, whoever comes out of the West is going to be pretty tough to beat. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Brooklyn and the East. I think it's theirs to win. And then whoever really comes out of the West, I, Phoenix is just playing great basketball. Um, you know, the, the Clippers will be, uh, they're pretty good too. But I mean, that series is, is you know, between Denver and, and the Clippers, I, or, I'm sorry, Utah and the Clippers, that's that's going to be a tough series moving forward, but I just think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are, are they're the cream of the crop. So I, I don't see that really. I don't see them losing. Let's put it that way. I don't think Utah is there yet. Um, so I don't know. I think it'll be Phoenix and the Clippers. Whoever comes out of the West that is going to be tough to beat. But you know, Brooklyn is undermanned. If, if uh, Kyrie can't come back, but you, you think about this team with Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irvin, James Harden, Blake Griffin. I mean, it's like the 2018 All-Star team. Like, it's like mm. what they Well, have. isn't it like the 2000 – was it 2008? Like, five of the top ten uh, class oh. for recruits for college basketball. Yeah. And then Irving was like two years later. Mm -hmm. That doesn't hurt either. And if you can somehow get them all to play together – which, I mean, Steve Nash has got a tough job, and I, you know I think it's going to come down a lot to his coaching ability as well. And you get into these tougher series. Uh, you know, one thing too is Trey Young in Atlanta. Who's going to bring him up? Is he, can I mean, he can he do it again? I don't, I don't know. I mean, they got you know coming out when he got drafted in his first rookie year, and he was good. I never really envisioned him being like a top player in the league, I, a good one, but not a top. I don't know. I mean, he's he's really it. I mean, he he looks to be the part. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, he's he's impressed me a lot. But then with Joel Embiid, you know, being injured, I don't, I, I you know, I don't, I don't know if Philadelphia really has the firepower to, to beat him. I, I feel like Atlanta's going to come out of that series. So, on the uh, Trey Young note, who won that trade? On draft day, 
right? So the with the third overall pick or the second overall pick, uh, Atlanta drafted Luka Doncic, and then with it was like six or seven, Dallas drafted Trey Young, and then they swapped them because for whatever reason the NBA rather draft a player in the spot than trade after than have somebody trade up during to yeah. draft them. But I don't know why they do that, but yeah. Uh, I, I mean, who? It's still, that's, that's still, that's difficult to, I mean, I think the verdict's on, they're still really young, you know, so. Uh, Sorry, it was third, third and fifth. Third and fifth. But, I mean, I would say that probably everybody that even the minor basketball fans last year would have said Dallas won that trade getting Luca, and then you watch what Trey Young's doing this year in the postseason, and now you probably try to rethink that and think, okay, well, maybe maybe Atlanta is going to end up in the long run winning that trade. If possible, I, I just, you know, I think to their careers to this point, you got to say Luca's a better player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Trey Young is, is a huge fall from grace. He has some of the other people that drafted, like, I'm looking at the 2018 draft. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton is on the, the Suns. He's pretty good. Um, I think he's still got a lot more to come. Marvin Bagley, where, where's he been? You know, uh, Sacramento, isn't he? Yeah, Sacramento, but I mean, you don't hear his name at all. Like, no, you don't hear anybody from the Kings, sir. <laughs> no, They're, they might be the worst. Yeah, like them and the Buffalo Sabers might be the worst ran organizations in all of sports. Yeah, I, I, I don't. The Pittsburgh Pirates are kind of up there nowadays, too. But yeah. you know. I'm not even sure the people in Sacramento know they have an NBA team. <laughs> so. The Browns were pretty bad until the last couple of years here. But yeah. That's, that's a rough franchise to follow. But, you know, it's, it's a uh, – <clears throat> it's weird to, to think that, like, there's no LeBron and – you might have no Giannis and then no Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely no Steph. No, you might not have any say Milwaukee pulls it off, right? They come back, win game six, and then go back to Brooklyn and win in seven. Mm-hmm. You don't have either New York team or LA team when they were all four of them were in the finals or in the playoffs into the conference finals. Yeah. Which like honestly, from from my perspective, I I find much more interesting like this. Yeah, it, it's it's not the same old same old. It's kind of like the anti ESPN. Yeah, but it is it is chance to like be somebody, you know, uh, you know to, to really make a name for yourself, like a Trey Young coming out, you know. But it is still close to being chalk, though. I mean, you do have one verse four, two verse three. And one five because Atlanta beat the Knicks, so it's still pretty close to being chalk. It's just that those those uh, organizations on the coast in those big cities, you know, like the NBA might be a bigger fraud when it comes to the way they ref and strategize to make sure those big teams push through rounds in the playoffs, other more than the NHL. Yeah. So, like, it's it's kind of funny to see like especially the way like the Lakers and Knicks 
got manhandled, right? 4-1 and 4-2. Like, that, they mm-hmm. weren't even – it wasn't like a crazy last-second shot in game seven beat them. Like, it wasn't even close. Yeah, that's what makes the NHL playoffs so much better than the NBA playoffs because, uh, I mean, almost – and, Matt, I would defer to you, but it, it seems like every year it, it pretty much is. You know, you, you'll get the, you know, four or five, who knows, uh, an occasional uh, six lots out of three. But for the most part, things go according to plan. But in the NHL, you know, all bets are off, um, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the NHL is the bounce of a puck goes the wrong way. I mean, there's there's so much that, you know, I feel like in the NHL that it, you, what, a goalie could just stand on his head and win an entire series. Where like in the well, NBA, That's what's happened this year. Yeah, yeah, you can't have like one guy just like win it all, especially in a seven game series. Like it's just, you know, you, the, the team has to be sound, and you know, it, it's it, it all kind of comes out in the wash in the end, really. I mean, you you'll have like a good story here and there, like you know, Miami, they're a great team with Jimmy Butler and uh, and Bam Adebayo. They just they got swept by Milwaukee, like bad too, and they had such a great year, and they were going toe to toe with all the big teams. And just got killed, and it's mm. it all you know. It really kind of comes down when I don't. Know, I, I just yeah, basketball. It all kind of, for the most part, falls as it should. And I think what Rick said is is it a lot to you know. I think the big <laughs> networks and, and the NBA in general want to have the stars in it, you know. So because uh, the the ratings are just through the roof. And, but. Well, the NHL desperately wants a Canadian team at some points. It's, it's well, yeah, that's so why they hard. set up. That's why they set up the divisions the, the way they did. But we'll get to that here, and we'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. There's a couple more. Yeah, you know, well, there's one more NBA topic I wanted to touch on. But going back to the comment about like the way the brackets roll out with the way they're chalk in the NBA, like I think that's why March Madness is as big and as entertaining as it is, is because it's the only basketball place you can go and like. You tr- like yes, it's only happened a few times where two beats a fifteen or a one beats a sixteen, but like realistically, you don't know what's going to happen. Like it's just yeah. absolute every mayhem. Year, every year, a couple of twelves beat a five in the first round. Yeah, that's yeah. well, yeah. that's the biggest number of an upset ever. It, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, well, it, it is because of what, the way it happens is when you get to you know five. I mean, you got so many like Big Ten Conference and the Pac-10, they put so many teams in, you know, and then you've got the, you know, the, what you start seeing after, after the fourth, after the fourth round is now you start getting some of your conference winners in, but in some of these conferences, you know, there's, there's conferences, they couldn't, you know, the teams couldn't play in the Big Ten if their life depended on it, you know, that type of stuff, they would just get their brains beat in, but, you know, they won the conference, so they get a higher seed, and sometimes that team is that good, and sometimes they really aren't that good. But it, it gets exposed right away. Yeah, so you get a, you get a team that finishes seventh in the Big Ten, but if you look at their record, they were eleven and zero outside the Big Ten, and they playing some good teams. And you get a conference winner that just gets their hat handed to them. But every now and then you get some of these kids, especially the last few years, a lot more of these kids that are. They're really good. They end up being really good NBA players, uh, but they're playing in smaller schools, closer to home. You know, they're the 
the big fish in the little pond as opposed to going to Kentucky or going somewhere where you're just another McDonald's All-American <laughs> every flag. Yeah, no, there are a lot of good players in the uh, in the country, and these uh, you know the mid-major programs, you know, they they don't depend on a star player or two. You know, then you get uh, players who've uh, been uh, together. You know, they're juniors and seniors, and they like uh, Matt referenced earlier playing. Uh, you know, as as a team, um, you know, and they can be difficult to beat because they play. They have a system, and the coach. Uh, demands I play the system and, and they can beat the, the other, uh, the other teams. Yeah. And so like Rick said, I mean, it just makes it the NCAA. There's nothing like the NCAA uh, tournament. It's just, it's just incredible. But no, my point was like, why not just every year? Cause the 12 five is the most upset, right? Take those 12 fives and p- yeah. put them as seven tens and see what happens. Like just cancel out the numbers. My point, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird – it's a weird frequency that 12 and 5 is that – like every year you'll have an, an announcer or an analyst go, well, you know, the 12-5 matchup, it's the toughest one on the board, and I'm taking this 12. And it's like, then why isn't it a closer – closer? why isn't it 8-9? Why isn't it 7-10? Seven, seven, why isn't it 6-11? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's just funny the way it works out. <clears throat> um, the last well, topic – go ahead, Dave. The, because the ten, those 12s tend to be – smaller conference schools and you just don't know what you got because a lot of people haven't seen them. So you run into a team like a Loyola who plays that team game and you just, you know, you keep waiting to turn on and beat them. And next thing you look up, there's half a minute left. You're down 12 and the game over. So um, I think that's why they do the 12. I think they also like the romance of the 12. That's what I would, that's what I was trying to get at. I think they like to put those, Oh, this mid-major, we got a feeling could beat them. It really could be a eight-nine matchup. Let's, let's put shot. it. Yeah. yeah, let's give it 12-5 so that story continues yeah. to build. Right. Yeah, you get the Cinderella story. I mean, that's yeah. what I was watching. Like a couple of years ago, that's Loyola. Like nobody knew Loyola. Loyola is probably pulling in recruits now, left and right. And I mean George. now Porter Moser going, but you know, it's just yeah. like yeah, I mean, who 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 wasn't glued to the TV? And, you know, who doesn't know who Sister Jean is? You know, everybody well, is like, Exactly. <laughs> Those teams become, like, ingrained in, like, history, right? So yeah. the first one I ever remember was 2003, George Mason. Yeah. What about uh, Valparaiso? And the, um, well, that was a little yeah. too young for me. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you but, see it back, right? So, like, or, I mean, realistically, I guess NC State in 85 was probably the first survive and advance with Valvano. It, well, it's really the way Gonzaga started, also. They yeah, started, oh, yeah. They, they started as a Cinderella team for, for years. You know, this, this little team up in this uh, in a conference, you know, where they, that wasn't now that good and stuff. And, you know, now they're the real deal. And they're, they're recruiting. You know, they're going to win one eventually. It's just a matter of it's a matter yeah. of what that is. But I, yeah. I like the ones that, you know, they're there for a guy, a group of kids, junior, senior year, and then they're off the map. So, like, right, George Mason – or Creighton when they had Doug McDermott or Fred Van Vliet at Wichita State or VCU with Shaka Smart and that that group. But, like, but, you know, it could be at a bigger school it happens too. I mean, because, I mean, obviously I followed the Big Ten most of my life. So, and Indiana, when Bobby Knight was there, there are no stars on those teams. Right. So they, he, he, you know, he had Isaiah Thomas for two years. He had no, you, know, you try and name another person that made any impact in the NBA. They right. won as a team every year. 
in the Big Ten that had stars, in, you know, at Michigan and stars at uh, Purdue and stuff like that. I mean, big names. Fab Five. And you go down, you go down to Indiana and play in the in the little gym there and get your butt handed to you. Assembly Hall. But so speaking of stars in the eighties, did anybody see the news of Charles Barkley? No, what? No. Uh, possibly watched- stepping down from TNT because he's tired of the politically correctness. You can't have any fun anymore, he says. Yeah. <laughs> so TNT, uh, maybe. Maybe he's going to leave basketball. Maybe it's really he's leaving basketball. I was going to say, maybe he's really leaving basketball and he's going to jump over to be a – I mean, he fell in love with hockey a couple years ago. Maybe he's going to jump onto the hockey TNT broadcast. Oh, now that would be a blast. (laughs) Him him and Gretzky going back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) You could get – all the yeah, you know, the, the couple of the people that have been booted from NBC uh, was it Milbury and Ronick and That's uh, Barkley I, I think get get them all together. If I, <laughs> I we were going to talk about this last week and I forgot to bring it up, but if I'm TNT, yeah, you already got Gretzky, which I really don't know why you got Gretzky because that'd be like getting Jordan. Like, yeah, it's great to hear, but he's not going to say anything that's going to ruin his no. brand. It, he's very. Eh. If I'm if I'm TNT, I'm calling Jeremy Ronick. I'm calling Chris Chelios and I'm calling Brett Hall and saying, Hey, you three oh buddies, yeah. you're getting back together and you're going to talk some hockey and tell stories. Yeah. yeah Cause Brett Hall will, will say what's on his mind. Yeah. Absolutely. So will JR. That's what got him in trouble. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, why well, that's, got him traded <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> him and him and Belfort, you know, that you knew when their day was up here, unfortunately, the sad days, both of them. Yeah. No, that's yeah, what like, you know. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. Ronick and uh, Brett Hall. That would be, that would be like, I would, like, they always say, like, people tune into the TNT game, not for the actual game. They tune in for the pregame, postgame, and halftime show. Like, that's why they carried him over to NCAA. That's what I would be doing. I would be making sure I don't miss those pregame shows and postgame shows with TNT if it was those three guys. Mm-hmm. Like, find somebody that, can tee him up pretty easy, whether it's John Buchagross from ESPN or whoever, and just let him have some fun. Yeah, yeah speaking right. of that, I miss uh, I miss Doc Emmerich, you know. John yeah. Forslund's good, but he's he's not, you know. Yeah, it's a di- but it's a different kind of good. I mean, you know, the Emmerich rumor, is just so, so well, good. I was going to say, the rumor is uh, TNT is looking to finalize a deal with Gary Thorne, who is mm. – who did a lot of ESPN and he did the Stanley cup finals when it was on ABC, when doc was still working for Fox. Yeah. So, I mean, Gary Thorne's pretty good too, but. Yeah. I and hope- I got to tell you, I'd, uh, and, and this uh, Rick, this may be blasphemous to you, but, uh, uh, uh Dave will like it. Um, you know, I, I love Pat Foley. I, I would, I mean, he, and he could, he could just plug and play, man. You put him on uh, those national brackets. Him he is so good. I, I him, like him. Him and I and I will show that I'm not biased. Him and John Kelly and Randy Hahn of San Jose. For some reason, their three voices are like nails on a chalkboard for me. Like right. I don't. Now John Kelly is. The, I don't not, like not Kelly his voice. as much. John Kelly is just so so vanilla and milk toast. Uh, but and then he tries to scream at the top of his lungs, like he's like yeah Dang yeah it. like. Yeah. So and then I think Pat Foley is the opposite way. Like Pat Foley is always like 
so into it and i just he's it, always up uh, he's, yeah and it just it just drives me i don't know why those three guys drive me nuts like which is why when he's home the perfect combination here is to have is to have old check with foley because old check is kind of like his you know keep the lid on if you will because i mean eddie knows the game really really well but he doesn't get off the, off the page too often the, the, yeah. that type of thing. so it helps it helps keep foley in but you know it's uh yeah, there, there would be. I mean, like you said, you know, he's so big here and stuff. And when you know, when Rocky took the team over, and the first person he hired was Foley, not you know, not McDonough. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and actually, Dave, you make a good point. And I think the reason I like Pat Foley maybe is not so much because of Pat Foley; it's Pat Foley and uh, Eddie O. Yeah, it's a uh, combination. It, it because together, uh, you know, I mean, I of course love watching the Blues just because I love watching the Blues. I, I do not like John Kelly. I don't like uh, their their broadcast. But I w- I watch the Blackhawks just because of the entertainment value of Foley and broadcast value. When Eddie's not here, when he's up doing national, yeah, the quality of the broadcast goes down. It's, yeah, it is not as interesting. It's, it's a team uh, tag team type thing. It's not a one man thing by any stretch. My yeah. only the only thing I want for ESPN and TNT not to do is hire Pierre Maguire. Just keep him away from the games, and I'm happy. I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I've had my fill of him. But like, I mean, if I if if I could pick any announcer, I would like them to go. You know, he was in Chicago a little bit, and he was in St. Louis for most of my childhood. But bring back Ken Wilson. Like Ken Wilson, I think had the voice for hockey. Like I, you hear him on some Anaheim Angels games in the '80s and stuff. And I'm just like, no, that's he's doing the wrong sport. Nope, it, it should be hockey. Yeah, he does have hockey voice. Who who is he with now anyway? Nobody. When the no. blues when the blues let him go, he became a mayor in a town in Hawaii for a little bit, and then uh, he's living <laughs> in Seattle. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. But, uh, I think I think them, and then there's a couple guys that do national games up in Canada that I, I don't think they'll end up leaving like Sportsnet or TSN. But there's a guy. Gordon Miller, who's really good. Him and Ray Ferraro, who I think is the best analyst. Those guys, they'll do some games in the playoffs on like NBC and stuff yeah. when they're the West Coast games. But I just, <clears throat> I have the NHL package, so I will listen or I'll watch games in the Canadian broadcast just because I like hearing them talk. Yeah, Ray Ferraro is good. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got to put, you've got, uh, Sharp, that's on there for the uh, eye candy for women, and now you got Subban who just started. Yeah, he's with ESPN. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sharp just, is pretty good, but uh, but he's uh, um, his delivery is is just kind of. You well, know. he's very he's very yeah he's very monotone with everything yeah. he said. Like he doesn't want to stir the pot. That, that, he's looking not to get fired. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah which they have they have enough of those guys him and anton carter are the same way and then dominic moore like the guy who i love on nbc right now is like i could listen to him talk hockey and it's not because he's like he is very intelligent about hockey but there's just something about babcock's voice yeah when he talks hockey it's just like soothing well, he's the game. i mean there's, there's no question well it's just like the way he talks and like the bubbly voices <laughs> yeah. like it's just like that with the accent it's like I don't know. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's good. But, but we'll uh, we'll just jump into NHL instead of skipping over to the ML. We'll end with the MLB. 
So you got two series. Uh, Tampa and the Islanders are tied 1-1 after Tampa won 4-1 last night. And Vegas and Montreal are getting ready to take the ice for game two. And Vegas is up 1-0 in the series after winning 4-1 on uh, Monday night. Yeah, I watched um, that game. I would have liked to have seen what would have happened in that game if Montreal could have um, gotten a goal or two early because they carried yeah. play early. They had How's so this? many good chances and it would have been a different game. Yeah, it's going to wear them down. I think I think the Knights are too physical for Montreal. Yeah, yeah the size it, is it uh, just, not so I much defensive, but in the forward Montreal's forward. I, I was going to say I don't know if it's I don't even know if it's physical as much as like Vegas. Vegas is a very physical team. Montreal likes to play physical, but Vegas's forwards are so quick and get in on the forecheck so quick that it mm. then puts Montreal's D in a position that they haven't been in all year because. The North Division was completely horrible hockey all year, and they thought they were great. Yeah, they. Uh, you can see Vegas just, you know, the forwards finishing their checks more. Yeah. And, and I think by the third period, you could tell it took a toll. You know, whether it was a little physical or it was just trying to keep those eyes in the back of your head to make sure you weren't going to get run down. But it, the Montreal didn't look like the same team in the third period. They looked like in the first. Yeah, if Montreal doesn't win this game, this series is over. I was going to say, I mean, even like the biggest impact might not even be guys on the ice as much as it's Vegas has a completely full building and Montreal is going to have 2,500 people. Yeah. It's going to be a huge difference. Like, and that went up 1,500 people from when they played game six against the Leafs and the, the, and the Jets and stuff. So, but I think this, this Stanley Cup more than any of the last few. With the exception of maybe the, but it wasn't for everybody. For the year you guys won, Bennington was the you know the the story to me. You know, watching it as as with without a vested interest in it. This year, it's you you look at Varlamov. You look at some of these. These guys are just dominating these games. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's not just it's not just them. It's also if you look at like the Blues went the opposite way, which is why I think they had trouble with. Colorado and the Hawks are kind of like that too. But if you look at all four of these teams, top four defensemen, they're all big, strong, physical, and highly skilled defense. Like, like that's, it's that in goaltending. You have Hedman mm-hmm. and McDonough and Pilat and then Sergachev and Savard in Montreal. You have, or not Montreal in Tampa, you have, probably the two best shutdown defensemen in Pollock and um, why am I drawing up in the island with the Islanders? I'm drawing a blank on Pellick, Pellick and Pollock. And then you have Scott Mayfield, you know, and then in Vegas, you have Shea Theodore and Petrangelo and McNabb and McNabb and White Cloud and yeah. But because the talk here is they've been talking to Bowman. That's really where the, the Hawks focus during the offseason is another top line center. My guess is because Tays ain't coming back. Uh, it would be that and more big defenseman. But, uh, you know, the, the one big defenseman we went and got is, yeah. I think he's leaving. He's been a disappointment. Yeah. yeah. That's why, that's why these four teams that have them, you know, yeah. We have, well, we have one bigger physical guy, and that's Murphy. 
Yeah. And, and, and Murphy, but right now is this probably the most dominant of the Hawks defensive players. I mean, I hate to take anything away from Duncan Keith, but you know, Keith isn't what he used to be. I mean, he still gives you 25 minutes a game. Yeah, but he's you know? not that uh, imposing. It's just a different game. I mean, you got though your top four defensemen have to be. Um, yep. They're just uh, they have to be minute eaters. They have to be able to play both sides of the puck, <clears throat> both yeah. special teams. Like, like Montreal's with Shea Weber and Joel Edmondson and Jeff Petrie and. Yeah, the Hawks signed a kid, another Czech kid today that was uh, played on a team with Kubelik over there, and he's he's six three and two twenty, and he's not a big scorer or anything like that. He's just. He's a stay-at-home defenseman that beats the hell out of you, type thing, and that's you can tell which way they're gonna they're gonna you know they have to go there because they're just their forwards are smaller. You can't get beat up on both ends of the ice. Yeah, that was a that was a big thing for the Blues, right? You had nobody go to the net when you were on offense, and you had nobody clearing the bodies out in front of the net when you were on defense. Well, that's why I look at you know you look at the Hawks earlier in the year. Who was the one guy going to the net? One of the littlest guys on the team, Shaw, oh. and he made a hell of a difference. But a lot of the other guys, you know, they, they're not all that interested. You know, it's going to get beat up a little bit and stuff. So it's, it's going to be an interesting offseason here. There's a, a lot of guys they got to make some decisions on. and It's going to be – there's going to be some big trades. Yeah, I this is going to be a, can, a, a, probably the most interesting offseason I can remember in the NHL. And no. take take the Kraken out of it. I think it would have happened anyways. I think, I think what COVID did – was it put in guys' minds that things can change real quick. And if I'm not happy here, I went out and I want to try to find a situation I'll be happy in. So I think there'll be a lot of guys requesting trades that have nothing to do with they're trying to keep them away from expansion and losing guys. Mm-hmm. Like I think, you know, whether it's Jack Eichel or Seth Jones or, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there about Patrick Line with Columbus and, Tarasenko here and Matthew Kachuk in the up in Calgary. Like there's, there's going to be big names flying around in trades along with some of the bigger names in hockey being free agents and like Landeskog not going to Colorado can't afford to sign him. Otherwise they're going to lose McKinnon the next year because McKinnon comes up next year. Kel McCarr is up this year. Grubauer is up this year. Landeskog's up this year. Graves is up this year. They have a team. They're going to lose two or three of those guys yeah. at least. That's going to be the Blackhawks of the yeah. – well, yeah. you, know, you, you, you reached that situation when the Hawks did it the first year is when they lost Panarin. Yeah. Because just the, the money wasn't there. You know, either that or you're going to be carrying a bunch of, uh, you know, $700,000 cap hits on your defense or something, which either way is going to kill you. Well, and that's – right, that's the other thing is, is like it doesn't – it's not changing anytime soon. Like there's reports out there from Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet up in Canada that the cap's probably going to be the cap for the next five years at 81.5. Yeah. Like it's not growing. So these guys yeah. that, you know, you have escalating contracts with and already signed extensions with expecting the cap to jump one, like the blues with Falk and Shen having those contracts signed two years ago before COVID, they were expecting the cap to go up and have more than they have, and it's going to bite them, bite them hard. But I just, 
to Dave's point, I don't really know if again, my 2019 was different for me and Keith because we were watching it so much more emotionally invested with. See, and I, I got to know. watch it from the outside and I'm telling you from the outside as a 50 year hockey fan, it was the team played well. Don't get me wrong. There were a lot of good players on that team, a lot of solid players on that team. But when the crucial moments of the games, as they came up, it was Bennington. He, he just had that, he had that year that was just, you know, some of the goalies have them, you know, and, yeah. and it, and he was to me watching him, he was the difference. He was the difference against Boston. You'd have lost that series against Boston. Yeah. I wasn't even going to say that. I was just going to say like, for being a Blues fan, obviously, you know, it was the utmost entertainment because we went on to win the cup. But I can't remember another playoff series or another playoff season that I have felt like there had been so much entertainment, pure value hockey-wise. Like, yeah. like this is the best playoff hockey. Maybe it's because last year's playoffs were just ho-hum with no crowd and yeah. the, bubble the bubble and everything and just didn't yeah, feel the this, same. It's good this year. There's some – there's been some really good games and but like every series even like the even Tampa lose beating Carolina 4-1 like that series every game was still yeah. a close game that Carolina just fits during the year i mean exactly was, you know and then yeah. you had Bo- the Boston New York series that was a blast to watch Vegas and Colorado which you know the games were exciting but i don't know if the series was as close as a four two series was when yeah, it just seemed like Colorado, Colorado was always fighting uphill in that series. Well, it and if you take away, down. right. So you take away the fact that Vegas played game seven and two days later was playing in Colorado in game yeah. one, they lost seven mm-hmm. one. And then you take away the bad call that gave them game two in overtime. Like, could that have been a sweep if they went about it? Yeah. In like normal so. circumstances, mm-hmm. like Vegas has been so dominant. But those games were still entertaining because it was so go, 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 high, high gunned offense with, you know, McKinnon and Rantan and Landis Gog. A lot of scoring chances. Yeah. 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 And, and it's just been, I mean, I hope the NHL continues to grow this way because it's only going to be better. You know, for, watch you so, many, so much Minnesota wild hockey. You know? Well, not even just that. It's just going <laughs> to, oh, it, oh, oh, oh. it's, <laughs> Hey, they were, they were, they were good this year. They were, they, they were the higher, actually more higher interesting scoring, to watch yeah, this year. With yeah. Krill the Thrill, Kaprizov, they were, they were pretty good. Yeah. But, but before this year, I mean, every, yeah. uh, that we talked about before, every time, uh, uh, the the Blackhawks were playing Minnesota. The Blues playing Minnesota. It's like, oh, I don't want to watch. The this. safest bet in the NHL was the under of every wild game uh, possible. And, and, and then Nashville picked up basically the same style almost. You know, as they continued to lose, you know, like Nash and people like that, they they reverted to that same. We're going to put five guys in the center of the ice, and yeah, we're going to play all the hockey out the, here. Yeah. Well, that's Barry. That's Barry Trotz hockey. That's the New York Islanders. Yep. They uh, might. They're the new most boring team in the NHL, and they're the two straight conference finals playing uh, the Lightning both years. But so I did want to toot my own horn. So last last time we did our pr- predictions for the first se- first round series, right? And I finished four and four. Um, everybody else finished four and four. The difference was I was the only guy that had the Blues, but I was also the only guy that had Montreal. 
And then in the second round, you can go to my Twitter. I was four for four. So, you know, I called all four series and uh, I got the final from the very beginning. I always had was Tampa and Vegas. So I would love to uh, love to see that. Yeah, that may happen. Yeah. if uh, I, I think it's going to. Yeah. I mean, the, the only chance Canadians, I mean, if uh, Dave, you're talking about Bennington, uh, I mean, if and if anybody can do it, Price can do it. Price, yeah. Price, Price is going to have to steal a couple of games there uh, to but, give them a chance. But the thing is, is Price was great and got outplayed by Flurry in game one. Like, Flurry was spectacular. Yeah. Oh, in that first like, that's period? The thing. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I mean, oh, my God. Uh, they they could have had two, three goals. And, um, yeah, and it would have been a different game. But I just look at it like there are, what, five – but basically, you seven teams right now, and if you don't have that level of goalie, you're probably not getting to the final four anymore. Yeah. There are seven X Blues in the final four right now. Yeah. With Allen and Edmondson in Montreal, then you have Reeves and Petrangelo and a guy named Will Carrier, who was a first round pick in Vegas, and then Maroon. And, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Just I saw a stat when the Lightning beat uh, Carolina. It said uh, Pat Maroon has won ten straight playoff series. <laughs> like of all the people that ever come out of St. Louis, I would have never thought Pat Maroon would be the guy who they would say, "Yeah, he's been on teams that have won ten straight." But you know, it goes to that. Did he sign a two-year contract with them? Yes. Yeah, so so yeah. he'll be that he had a one-year and then a two-year. So he's got gonna, this year and next year, both at nine hundred thousand or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because I was going to say if if it was just a one-year contract, who I'd be every other team I'd be out there trying well, to get could, him just because. Could, could you imagine? Oh my God, what a save by Flurry! But could you imagine if he won again? So he's won yeah. three straight. Like yeah, if yeah. he's a free agent, whatever team wants to win the cup, it, you know, it's like yeah. it's like in two thousand eight, nine, 10, that era, it was like the outdoor game, right? That's when they invented the winter classic started. Well, for three straight years, Ty Conklin was the goalie in the outdoor game for Pittsburgh and for, <laughs> for uh, Detroit, you know? So there was a running joke about like, whoever, the gets, cup. whoever gets Conklin's getting the winter classic and he's playing in the game. Like, but it's just, it's funny the way, the way things change, just like uh, how quick a weekend series can alter everybody's mindset in a city about a baseball team. <laughs> the, uh, well, if you're lucky, just look at the division. Not too, not too long ago, you guys went first by about four games. I was getting there. It took I us mean, a total. And nobody else was five. Nobody else was. It was everybody's around five hundred or lower. It, and now it, you've got four teams over 500. We yeah. were we were uh, nine games over 500, and it took us 13 days to fall a game under 500. We had a three-game lead in the division, and it took us 18 days to be six games back. So it was a rough stretch, rough stretch. Yeah, I can't remember. As a Cardinal fan, I can't remember the last time the Cardinals had that bad of a, a stretch of play. I can. When we lost 10 straight in 2006, but we went on to win the World Series. But Okay. Some like I just re the only reason I remember that is they dated it back to like '82. Also, it was it was funny that 
the only two times the Cardinals have gone on to have a 10-plus losing streak, they won a game at home to end the series on uh, seat cushion night because people were throwing the cushions onto the field. That's right. <laughs> after. So, because it happened both times. It, and then they went on, weirdly, they went on to win the World Series in both 82 and 06 after having those losing streaks. But those that's just a coincidence. But the whole seat cover thing is just mind-blowing to There's me. There's so much going on in baseball right now, though. You look at this level. Oh, my God. And, you know, and I'll tell you, one of the things that they – it's going to make things a little tougher, I think, for both the Cardinals and the Cubs, is we both need some starting pitching right now. And if you look at the teams that are probably, you know, pretty sure going to be sellers, there's only nine of them. There's so many teams still in the races. There's a lot less teams out there to go pick from, if you will. Yeah. And it's going to be a premium on these, on these teams. I mean, That's what I think it's going to have to be a, a like people talk about this off season is going to be a bunch of hockey trades, like money in money out type of thing. Yeah. I think you're going to have to go make like a legit baseball trade. Like, Hey, I, I give you a guy you need. You give me a guy I need type of thing for, you know, for both really. I mean, I mean, maybe, every, every team that you look at, you know, in, in Cubs, between Milwaukee, the Cubs and Cincinnati and, uh, and every team has got a flaw. Every team's got something they're really pretty good at. Uh, you know, that easy stack them up. But every team, every one of those teams has got a flaw. You know, for Cardinals, you guys and us, right now, because of injuries and all that kind of shit, it's, it's starting pitching. I mean, three of our five starters are on the uh, thing. I looked at the lineup tonight. I don't know if you saw the lineup tonight for the Cubs, but. I guess they decided since they were playing the ground, they didn't, didn't matter. But uh, of course, um, Bryant was out with, with getting. Thank God it wasn't broken. Just they hit on the hand. That would have been. That would have really been a shit show. But I mean, we got you know Wisdom is in third. Ortega's in right. Sogard was at second. A guy by the name of Lobotin was catching. Uh, and this guy Stack, who I've never heard of in our firing system. And the sacrificial lambs. You know, and so, I mean, you, you look at, you know, right, like that one hit, that belongs to Rizzo. And it was like, there are a lot of guys, you know, making their comeback. And just, you know, it's just guys like Mariznick and stuff like that that are back that make a huge difference. You know, where you, you can, you know, you've got another right-handed bat, you've got a left-handed, but you got just so many guys, you know, whacked up right now. It's, and then you get an appendicitis on top of the thing. You know, I mean, come on, you know, what the fuck? Well, yeah. the Cardinals always have these uh, spurts throughout. Uh, like it's, it happens every like three to four years where they'll all of a sudden have these uh, guys that about four of them go out with oblique injuries for whatever reason, right? So Flaherty's out already. And then Tommy Edmond missed yesterday's game and today's game with trunk tightness and then today they said yeah he's got a, uh, I, like, I like that one i haven't heard that, well, that's because, heard that one. because they didn't want to say it and it came out today well it's more of a uh, oblique strain yeah so, so he's, here, he's out here we go again right so you know i i was looking at the numbers right so the white Sox dl has one two three four five six seven guys uh hamilton vaughn kopech Cordero, Fry, 
Jimenez and uh, well, Nikki Nikki like M for every game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. So seventy. So Fry Cordero Jimenez have missed a total of seventy-seven days each. Um, Kopech twenty, Vaughn fourteen, Hamilton eleven, and uh, Nikki Mad has missed uh, six. And he's gonna miss a bunch more. Unfortunately, he's gonna be out for yeah, he's out for the season. And then you look at you look at the the Cubs. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, with we just got two back. Uh, no, no, none of these guys, I don't think, though, because I just pulled this up. So, unless they didn't update it, because the list, the list is just came back. Yeah, he's not. No, the list is PJ Higgins, uh, Alzare, Bodie, Williams, Horner, Duffy, Steele, Holder, Wick, and Romaine. Romaine. Yeah, so you're basically your backup catcher, your backup to your backup catcher. <laughs> so, so we're down to the fourth string catcher. Uh, that, that's there, and he's he's bad. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. Uh, Contreras has got to be eating his weenies, man. He's gonna be playing. He's already got more innings than anybody else. He's gonna have a lot more soon. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see on that. But like I said, it worries it worries me two ways about the pitching right now. One is there's only going to be, you know, you look at those nine teams, uh, they're not, most of them aren't loaded in pitching either. And if you look at the pitchers that are on there, I'd say some of them are going to be top candidates for uh, how much have they doctored the ball this year? Yeah, that, well, that's going to be interesting. So be we're we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But the top candidate on those teams is also on the IL with a groin strain in Max Scherzer. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, everybody's, the guy that everybody wants is, you know, also out. But so the Cardinals have 11 guys, Williams, Flaherty, Moroff, Whitley, Bader, Michaelis, Hicks, Hudson, Webb, uh, well, 10, and then you add Edmund, who's going to be joining that. They just took Kim off of it yesterday. But, you know, the, it's just funny, like, Right, we when we made our series predictions or season predictions, we probably should have prefaced everything with if healthy. And like this is the most uh, if healthy year. No, but right because because yeah, what we really t- knew it would be this bad. Exactly, that's my point. Right, so like my thinking was like, okay, I know the Cardinals have a lot of pitching depth. Like one guy goes down, they'll be fine. But they're through their depth already. Like that. Like oh, they're yeah. from from opening day of spring training. Yeah. Four of their five starters have been out – like, without Kim going back, we're out at one point with Flaherty, Hudson, Michaelis, and Kim. The only yeah, starter you had was Wainwright. Yeah, Hendricks is our only guy that, that's not been on the IL. All the other four have all been three or so. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, it's like – I mean, I guess you probably should have seen it coming with the shortened season and right. then yeah. trying to explode arms again. Yeah, I know they were talking too that you know bullpen depth was going to be huge this year because they were really going to limit starters, you know, innings, you know, for the for at least the first half of the season, if not the majority of the season, just to keep them healthy because of the shortened season last year. So to you know to see this isn't isn't too much of a shock, and it kind of feels like they tried to 
you know, the ones that I've seen for the, for the White Sox, Lance Lynn's one of them, uh, Giolito, I feel like they were going later in games than, than I would anticipate at this point. But, you know. And, and you hope that yeah. doesn't catch up with them later yeah. on. Exactly. Trust me, it won't with Lance Lynn. He he had a torn UCL and threw an entire season for the Cardinals in no, 2015. He, he, will, he will pitch 200 innings no matter what. I tell so. you, the only guy I worry, I worry about right now, and I didn't worry about it until he opened his mouth, I like Carlos Rodan. Because I, I like him because he was almost a damn cub a few months ago. Yeah. He was going to be DFA'd, and now he's just gone off. Yeah. And, and the league about this, about this study. It's like, we think stuff protests too much here because, so I pulled the numbers just to take a look. If you look at his, his last six years of ERA, 4 4.25, 4.04, 4.15, 4.18, 5.19, 8.22, he's 1.89 this year. You look at his ERA, uh, his whip, 1.44, 1.39, 1.37, 1.26, 1.44, 1.57, Point eight four. <laughs> uh, you look at his, his strikeouts per inning; it's around eight, point eight. It's one and a half. Uh, I mean, if I'm looking at a candidate here for somebody who's been doctoring the ball, I mean, on paper, I, I hope he's not. I hope he's actually found it because he seems like a really good guy. But the way he's bitching and moaning, man, I'll tell you. And and that whole thing about the grip, so you don't you're not hitting batters. And the batters are getting hit at a higher rate than any time in the last 25 years. Yeah. So that that's not that's not holding any water that argument anymore. That, and and he's just like at what a year and a half removed from Tommy John too. So it's like he's so you you look at where he was from is you know, a pretty solid six years. I mean, mm-hmm. and then he, he's almost DFA'd, and everything you know is three times better than it ever was. Yeah, uh, it's boy I hope. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see because yeah, was it ten game span, uh, suspensions for being caught with an illegal substance? Yeah, oh, and that no, doesn't, I, no I, it's ten I, days I, of whoever doctors it. It could I, be a first baseman, it could be a catcher. Yeah, them and the pitch. So say we'll just Bobby use talking about that on the radio. How he yeah. had doctor balls. Yeah, we'll just use it as a as a reference, right? So Tim Anderson's got a little sticky on his glove, and he's grabs the ball, he roughs it up for Rodon, right? Well, Anderson and Rodon both get suspended for 10 games, and you can't add anybody to your roster to cover them for those 10 games. Oh, wow. oh yeah, that's the, interesting. The, the part I yeah. agree with Rodon is that Houston got away with out being yeah. penalized. I, I 100% agree with him, but it's almost like if I was, if I was La Russa or I was the pitching coach, I'd be telling him to shut the hell up right now because He's going to make himself a target. Well, yeah, you just got to keep your mouth shut. You know, you, you can't go off that much more than everybody else when you're having the kind of year that, you know, maybe this is your breakout year after eight years. I mean, he was a high draft. Pick. Here's the thing. He fought injuries, fought injuries. Yeah, he was. There's, there's no yeah. question. But, you I know, every time out now is almost like a no-hitter, and that's yeah. – eh, I don't think it's going to – corner that well. I don't think it's going to matter whether you run your mouth or not. They've said that they're going to have guys in there looking at every single ball between innings, between games, checking equipment before and after games. Like they're going to be, it's not, you can run your mouth or not run your mouth. You're going to get checked the same amount. That's the thing. Well, I'll tell you what, they, they said that, you know, Theo's got a lot, a lot of behind a lot of this stuff that's going on. 
and that they've pulled stats for everybody and yeah. they're looking for the ones that exactly kind of what I just read you. That's that, that's like the gold standard for boy, we gotta at least take a look because usually you don't see somebody that late in their career suddenly become Sandy Cole. Yeah, they're gonna look for aberrations you in the stats. Yeah. Well, yeah. did anybody see did anybody see the whole uh Aroldis Chapman stuff? So the day the day it got dropped about spider tech and everything, uh Aroldis Chapman went from throwing one oh three on an average to he was out there for two straight outings, 94, 95 with uh, 2000 less uh, RPMs on a spin rate. Mm. That was the same day that the uh, Garrett Cole interview came out where he got asked, well, have you ever used this? And he's like, um, well, you know, I don't really know how to answer that. <laughs> well, I think you just did. And they were talking about the article I read today, later today, they were focused on two of the Tigers starters who have come out of nowhere to be, like, unbelievably good. Doesn't matter. It's the Tigers. We just watched the White Sox put up 15 on them. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the problem. Yeah, it would have been 30 if they weren't using the sticky stuff. <laughs> these, two, these two starters are both one-point-something ERAs and, you know, .75 whips and, stuff, and they're out of nowhere. You go make a you go make your trade for one of these starters now, and the first time out they get caught. Yeah, but so, do you think you know, do you, I? I mean, I guess Detroit might trade them because they get assets, but Detroit need, Detroit needs to build a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty sad sack team there. Also, I mean, yeah, they're not Minnesota, but or Texas. You know, Pittsburgh's always in that running. So, but, so do you also see Tyler Glass now? His comments. Oh, believe me, yeah, he, he, come on. The he, reason he got hurt was because he he didn't say he ever used spider tack, but he might as well have. Well, no, he said he didn't even. They made him not even be able to use sunscreen, sunscreen and rosin. Which there's a video of uh, Trevor Bauer using sunscreen and rosin in a pregame to show how. Uh, he put sunscreen on his hand and massaged it in, and then he threw some rosin on his hand and grabbed the baseball. <laughs> and it's he went like this, and it stuck there for about five, six seconds until mm-hmm. he started going like this. Of course, you know you guys probably are, would, would block this out, but that uh, we we tend to remember the ball that stuck to Molina's uh, chest protector in the time that he was there. We caught yeah. the ball with no hands. That was pretty damn good. Okay, there's probably some stuff on Yachty's te- chest protector. Yeah, the ca- that's the that's so to keep it down in front of him. Be a swarm? I mean, so, I mean, so when he so when he when he blocks it, when he blocks it, it drops right down there. Well, that one stuck right there. Yeah, that one right just there. that one hit on the spot he forgot to massage out where he just put the fresh batch on. I remember. I can't remember if it was an national TV or one of I remember the announcement going. Well, you don't see that every day. <laughs> Walking around, he's got baseball <laughs> But on that note, so there, I just, it's going to be amazing to see how many of these got you moments for the spider tech stuff. Yeah. Spider tech stuff comes out, right? So, like, it's just. Well, I think they're hoping that people will put it away for a while. Well, no, they? they've already released some text messages between people. 
So Wainwright was one of the people, right? So Wainwright had a text message back in December of, of uh, 2018 asking to, to try it. And so he got asked about it after his game the other night. He goes, yeah, I'll tell you, play, play honest. I bought it. I tried it during spring training for six starts in 19, and I absolutely hated it. And he goes, and I think it affected me when I stopped using it because that was the year I came out and it was complete, complete ass was his exact words. He goes, I tried to snap off my curveball and it was too grippy. I couldn't get a feel for it. He goes, I paid $300 for the stuff and I used it for six spring training days and I was done. He goes, mm-hmm. I don't know who else is using it, but I'll be straight up and honest with you about it. He goes, well, if that gets me in trouble, that gets me in trouble. They've got delivery receipts between spider tag and, and baseball stadiums. Yeah, well, that's what they had it delivered to them at the stadium. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, I mean, it's the same. I mean, yes, you're under the rules, it's illegal, but like, I mean, how many guys? Some people pushed it too far. Well, how many guys in the gray area? How many guys in the 70s and 80s and 60s were doctor and you know what i mean like it's something that gets passed down from yeah oh yeah generation was pitch. something yes right yeah. so like whether it's gaylord perry and his yeah. spitball or phil necro and yeah uh, phil yeah. necro using the the palm of his glove and turning up the uh, metal clamp so he could scuff the ball so his knuckleball caught the wind a little better mm. you know it, it happens but like it's the same it's it's that same argument with like the argument i hate like and this isn't because more guys were doing it. It's not because it's McGuire and the Cardinals, but like amphetamines back at the time. Yeah, they're illegal now, but they weren't back then. Steroids weren't illegal, but it's not even a steroid. He wasn't the only one taking them. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I just, I get tired of the, we want a got you moment. It just, just go about it. Well, we get, they, change it and go, go. What happens is they push it beyond where it should go. I mean, and, and then it, it affects the game. I mean, you look at baseball and stuff like that, and you got what the first month with baseball's hitting like 216. You know, so, and you had stars like Tatis and you know, they're hitting under 200. So, I mean, yeah. it's, there's a guy on the rate on the score today, and I can't remember who's an a ex. Will, remember Will Ullman? Yeah, from the yeah, left handed pitcher. For Toronto. Yeah, pitched for the Sox and the Cubs and a few other. Oh, oh Ullman. Yeah. Wasn't okay. he lefty? Yeah. Lefty wore high socks. Yeah, when he was explaining, like on the baseball, you know, the difference is the batting average in baseball has gone up 11 points in the last 10 days. Yeah, there was a story. Yeah, the, yeah, ERA ERA has gone up, batting average. Uh, I'm sorry, ERA. Yeah, ERA has gone up and batting average uh, has gone up. But the home run numbers have gone up too. So in right. my mind, well, he said because people are swinging for the fences. But he said there's a he he worked for some company that did you know did stats and all that. It's like it was either one or three sixteenths. I can't remember which one it was. Of an inch, had a barrel of a bat. There's a difference between a pop out to shortstop mm-hmm. and a home run out of the park. Yep. So these guys are missing. They're missing by. They're missing by this. They're not missing by this. You know the ones where where Javi swings at a ball that's you know, three feet outside the base. That you know it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. That, that doesn't matter. But these guys, you know, they're are just coming up short. That's the difference between spider tech and no spider tech. That's or is the- that the difference between they got rid of the juice ball that pitchers were complaining about the past three years and went back to a regular ball and now scoring's down. So now they're finding another thing to 
sneak the juice ball back in with. And it was funny because he mentioned the, the weight. And he said, you know, you wouldn't think so. He said, but I can tell you, said, you can put them all down here for the different years. And a couple of the years, it was like, I want to say a half an ounce less than the year before. He goes, I'll pick up every one of them and tell you which one is which. He said, it, oh, it, the, it, yeah, the, those pictures, they know. The pictures as we throw and you do this stuff, it's, it's a huge difference. You, you know, right away. Yeah, when you throw the ball, when you throw a baseball tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand times a year, yep. you know the difference. That, and that's what he says. So he had broke it down to these really minute numbers, and it was it was the best case I, that that either one or three sixteenths of an inch, you know, between a pop out and a home run. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It it makes it clear to you that you know the, there's a couple hundred revolutions that if they're not there. That ball's that ball's hit on a line as opposed to, you know, dubbed on the ground or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a little of everything, right? I, Matt, you were going to say something. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, it's just yeah. I think, you know, that it's 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 the spider tech now. You know, it was the the doctor balls. It was the actual PVs. It was the spitball. I mean, it's always going to be something, and it's like. You know, or it's the banging on the, the, the garbage can. That, that's a joke, right? I mean, that's like the most egregious out of all of them, right? I think. Well, know. or court, you know, I mean. Or court bats. Right? I was going to say, if a bat doesn't break, how do you know it's corked or not until it breaks? Like. You don't. I mean, it's always going to be something, right? You're always kind of chasing it because any guy, these guys will do anything to get an edge. You know what I mean? They will do literally anything. So it's. uh yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a losing battle, but yeah, they make such a big deal out of these things, and you know. It, well, you take a look at somebody like Paul Garrett, who was a a good pitcher without question. Suddenly became a great pitcher, not so good anymore right now, but he signed a thirty million what thirty million dollar a year contract, which made cheating worthwhile. I mean, you look at Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds would have been in the Hall of Fame without question, without before steroids. You know, now with, with the stories, he became a freak, you know, after a while and stuff. But did he need to? He thought he did, obviously, and some of that because that was there. But, you know, here's a guy that probably would have hit 500, 550 with, without question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, hit for a high average <clears throat> and play and run and everything. I mean, by the time his career was over, he couldn't run, he couldn't do anything else. He was just so bloated. I just, you know, but, you know, he did it and so on. Like and it's, you know, you, like you said, if, if you look at Garrett, if Garrett gets turned up and he gets caught and he gets, goes back to being the guy that's, you know, about a 2.8 ERA and maybe about a, an even one whip or something, that, that's a damn good pitcher. Well, it's the same it's with not $30 million. <laughs> did anybody see the uh, Shane, Shane Bieber's last start after no, all the fine. news? He's out so of he's, He's yeah. been having this great year, right? Again, last year he had a one point whatever ERA, mm-hmm. right? And he was lighting it up again this year. First start after all this came out, four runs in the first two innings against the Mariners. And then uh, mm-hmm. I saw a video. He wasn't he wasn't doing anything. And then all of a sudden in the third inning, he went back to uh, grabbing the inside thumb of his glove and then never gave up another run. Mm-hmm. So. Take the risk. Imagine that. Oh. Yeah. It, that's what it's going to be, right? It's going to be, a, I'm going to try to do it a little bit better this time so you don't catch me. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and what's going to be interesting too is, uh, you know, is there going to be a difference between the different umpiring crews? You know, is this going to be consistent? Oh. Is it going to be consistent? If it's consistent, okay. But um, how do you um, make it consistent? Yeah, we'll like see. It's, how gonna, that... it's gonna be whatever umpire grabs the ball and says, Yeah, I think this is too tacky, or this is too sticky, or this is too like they're what if their hands are a little tackier or stickier? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if their hands are a little drier? Like Yeah, and how good. many times during the game are they gonna are they gonna stop? Are they gonna uh, yeah. investigate gloves, uh, hats, clothing, inside of belts, whatever, yeah. like yeah, Assume the position. You know? Now it's all speed the game up, but that's just going to slow everything down. So how do you integrate that See, and not make it, you know, take time away from you know, the game over? The first that's guy that gets the 10, that 10 game suspension, though, watch the 10 days after that because you're not going to want to get caught. Stuff. Yeah, because apparently the penalties are progressive. Uh, I don't know yeah. what it would be after 10, but... Uh, oh, it really hurts your team and, and yeah. everything else. Well, I really wonder, what if the umps just say, yeah, we're not going to worry about it. Screw it. Yeah, I'm not going to mess, man. Just don't be, don't be belligerent with the way you're using it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't be a, blatant about it. Don't yeah, have don't... the uh, Kenny Rogers, John Lester... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> imprint in game yeah. six and or game in 2006 and 13 where on the left it's ice cold out but the left hand had just a smudge of blackness right like don't be dumb like that don't be grabbing inside your gloves so easily like i don't know i just think i truly think it's a look at this distraction method to sneak those juice balls back in it could be. We'll see. Oh, it's something. Like I, said, I first, mean, it the is. First, the first one that pulls that suspension, though, and their team can't replace them on the roster and everything. Yeah. Else, that's because you know, not only not only do you have that, but eventually you're gonna have some problems in the dugout if you got you know a couple of pitchers get caught and then you got to play a couple of players short. Uh, some of the other guys in the team can be real happy about that. Well, I want to know. Is the first one that gets caught a position player or a pitcher? I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be a, a, a pitcher, but a pitcher, yeah. Somebody's going to go that they're going to go that extra mile because they just they got to dig down and get that last thing, and it's going to cost them. Yeah, and uh, it's it's just so ingrained in baseball. You know, it is. There's no other sport that that encourages cheating as much as baseball. Well, and the baseball allows, allows the umpires to see it. That was everything Omen said today. The average, guess how many pitches the average ball is in play for? Three. It's only like, yeah, three to five, something like that. Four. Yeah. Well, yeah, because every time it hits. So if you doctor the ball, it's real obvious because there's there's not a lot of other scuffs or anything else on it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's you know it's it's a brand. Well, I think that's why the, that's why those the guys went to like the spider because it's a clear substance, so you won't be able to see it right away. You'll just feel it. Because mm-hmm. Owen said he said, "Why do you think the catchers want those balls thrown? Like if you get a pitch that's a little <laughs> bit in the dirt, <laughs> he said, why do you think they want them thrown out right away? He's like, yes, it's not because there's <laughs> stuff on the ball. They, they just want that ball gone because they got now they got a clean slate. Yeah, and he, he made he made perfect sense when he went through. I was like. This guy's talking sense here. 
Well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the next couple. There's so many factors involved, you know, like we're saying, you know, the umpiring, uh, you know, how consistent will that be? Uh, the reaction of your teammates. Um, reaction of the fans. Yeah, yeah, the fans. The, uh, and then, you know, uh, I mean, geez, with all of the, the data and everything, everything is going to be analyzed here and you're going to see so many uh, uh, stats out there about uh, spin rates and uh, differences in performance uh, between uh, uh, pitchers, you know, last week and this week and uh, hitters, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be all over the place. So it's going to be fascinating. It, it sucks for those guys that actually just like, Hey, I, I got my curveball. I'm getting over the plate now. I'm like, well, let's check your hat. Let's like, you know, let's check your glove. Like nobody can just get better. Like you are just who you are. Yeah. You're a little bit better and then you're, you're going, uh, you know. And when you start getting stuff. better in multiples, <laughs> then, then the question happens. I mean, that's <laughs> whatever you think back. There's one of probably the differences between McGuire and Sosa. McGuire was still a top home run hitter before, much like Bonds, before he did the steroids. No, he wasn't hitting 70, but he was, you know, he hit 35 every year. And that, I mean, that's, you know, plus, Sosa wasn't that guy when they had become young for the season. Mm-hmm. He was a line drive hitter and stuff like that. And suddenly, he's he's hitting sixty six. Well, that that's that's going to make you look and say, hmm, "Really? <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> yeah. good." Nobody saw this coming the last ten years, but all right. Well, the other thing that's going to be interesting is, I will I guarantee you there'll be some pitcher that'll say oh every ball I threw wasn't wasn't roughed up at all the umps gave me a brand new slick because the umps are the ones that doctor the balls with the mud to rough them up just to make them just a little tacky right so would you be surprised if Joe West's crew just doesn't touch a ball and says here you go here's your game balls and they're slick as all hell no it wouldn't surprise me at all exactly (laughs) So you know some pitcher is going to use that. You know some pitcher is going to use that excuse in the next week or week and a half about, oh the umps didn't touch the balls at all. It was so slick I couldn't get a grip at all. Blah blah blah. Like, well what's going to what's going to happen is the umps going to throw it out and uh, you get somebody you know let's, let's pick your boy on the White Sox from the uh, that's there uh, Lynn. He's gonna throw it back and ask for another one. They're gonna throw it back. He's gonna ask for another. That's one. gonna be that. Would, yeah. I'm telling you, that's the guy who would do it. To Alrabowski did that in the '80s in LA with the Cardinals. When he tells a story all the time, went through seven balls because the ump kept throwing him the same ball. They kept throwing it. So finally, he started throwing it to the just the ball boy himself. And yeah, so the guy. So then to prove a point, he made the umpire empty his bag, and he he didn't even check the ball or feel it. He just caught it and instantly threw it back to the ball boy just to make the point mm-hmm. to the ump that he'd have to go refill his ball bag. <laughs> well, you know, take somebody like that. I mean, there's going to be some interesting drama. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And so is the MLB. They love yeah. it. People talk about it. People write articles. People that don't care about baseball care about the cheating. Well, that's so what happened with yeah. the home run derby, right? <laughs> People follow Well, the they better hope, better hope it works because uh, – yeah, some of these games, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't watching the game this afternoon. And, well, and part of this is lately the Cardinals just suck. But, uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, strikeout, pop-out, ground-out, strikeout, strikeout, pop-out. You know, I mean, every – I mean, and, and so many of these games with uh, so many strikeouts and is, no is hits. Is your leading hitter at 273? 
What's that? Bats, um, yeah, it's, Aaron, I was probably leading here, but yeah, and he has. Well, because uh, I, looked, I looked up some of the batting and I'll tell you what. No, O'Neill, O'Neill's 287. Oh, okay. Does he have, um, does he have enough at bats? Probably not because he's. I looked coming in and I, I looked at some of this stuff because some of these things stand out. I, yeah, we only Kent, have we only Kent have Kent four Kent. batters, four batters in our roster that qualify. Yeah, Castellanos hitting 351, Royal hitting 345, and Winkler at Cincinnati hitting 344 and 340. Well, the top White Sox guy is 311. That's Anderson. Top Cub is Bryant at 292. And the top Cardinal I found was Arenado at 273. Yeah, well, so and he was just he, on. He, he was on a uh, two guys on the Reds. <laughs> he was he was on a one for one for fifteen or one for sixteen slide the past yeah. couple of weeks too. But yeah, so the Cardinals have four guys that qualify: Arenado, Carlson, Edmund, Goldschmidt, and Edmund, who's now out with an oblique. So we'll after this run, we'll have three guys that qualify. So you look at the difference you're trying to make up there: home runs. Uh, the, the fifth place guy's got 18. Baez and O'Neill both have 15. Abreu's got 11. So we, we're way back in those. Um, oh, the old, uh, the on base and slugging. Vlad's like 1140. Winkler's 1048. Cassian's 1021. That's East 993. Bryant's at 918. Arenado's at 821. And uh, Moncada is actually the leading Sox guy, eight ten. Yeah. So again, because O'Neill doesn't qualify, so his OPS is nine forty two. Yeah, he but we'll soon have he the Cardinals qualify. will soon have another uh, qualifier because uh, Schilt keeps on playing Carpenter no matter what. And so hey, Carpenter he's actually have... been, he's actually I I've been the past couple of years. I'm like, why did we ever give that guy the extension? But this year he's. He's, he's up been, to 180. Well, he went 0 for 4 today. So oh, he, he's, oh, he's up to Jason Hayward range now. Yeah. And, no. and, <laughs> and today, I, you know, as I'm sure Rick knows, I'm checking the lineup and not only Carpenter playing, okay, that's bad enough, but he's batting cleanup. Well, that's because like, they, they decided to give Arenado a day off after. His oh, I know that. Spell. But still. You know, I mean, you just can't bat him. He must have pictures well, of, who of else, no. or something. You know, go through the lineup today. Who else? You you had to move everybody up a notch because because uh, Edmund yeah, was that, out. So Edmund's out. Carlson there, was, was Carlson was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldschmidt was two. O'Neill was three. Carpenter was four. Molina was five. DeYoung was six. Sosa so- was seven. So- but so- and then I mean, gee, yeah. Rodon Rodon was eight. Like. Yeah, you know, well, okay, bat him, uh, bat him ninth. I mean, Carpenter should bat ninth, uh, or or no, they should do the, they the softball just... thing and have like the designated player, and then he just they... doesn't bat. You know? <laughs> they should have, they should just hit him leadoff. He's good in the leadoff. Just, just let him hit leadoff. <laughs> just get him out of the way early. If he's gonna make it out, just do it early. You know. Anyway, you heard Ross trying to talk around today a little bit. They were questioning like the Cubs lost that game three two last night. Marissa got thrown out at the plate. There was one out. He was on say I don't hit. And it took basically a perfect throw to, to nail him by like a, you know a few inches at the plate. And they were on the third base coach about that it was kind of aggressive. And they were then they talking about it. one of the reporters brought up. Well, it went a lot second. It went a lot second and third and one out. 
that Hayward was on deck. Right? <laughs> and Ross was and the way the, the writer phrased it was did you have faith that he would get his bat on the ball and get and put it in play? <laughs> At least get the runs, you know, try to bring the run in. And they danced around that one for a while because uh, oh my god, he's just <laughs> and, and I tell you they said it's, it's gonna be bad because you know, right now Duffy's coming back in about three or four days. He's gonna go on assignment. He was hitting 290 when he went out, very solid, you know, contact hitter. There's nothing else. Even if he goes down to 270, you know, he puts his bat on the ball all the time. You know, we've, we've got, you know, wisdom out of his mind up here right now. So uh, there's going to be very precious few at-bats. Uh, and Bodie will be back shortly also. He's been out. So yeah, there's not going to be a lot of at-bats for Hayward the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. If he, he's hitting well, that's like Wayne Thomas. The Cardinals are playing yeah. a career – minor league infielder in right field over Lane Thomas. And he's batting, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like 091. If, uh, um, no, I think, good... it went, I think it went down today because he went <laughs> <laughs> he went over one. <laughs> See, um, <laughs> let, me, let me find Lane Thomas. Look, look toward the bottom of the list. Keep going down. down. Uh, oh, sorry. 109. <laughs> oh, Look out. Carlos, Carlos Martinez, Johan Oviedo, uh, and Adam Wainwright have higher averages. Than I, I think I have a higher average than he does. Yeah. He's, I mean, watching this is just it's maddening. He's get Hayward back, you know. <laughs> no, no. We just got rid of a worthless right fielder and yeah. Dexter Fowler. Yeah. But so real quick, can we talk about the anomaly that is uh, the catcher for the Chicago White Sox? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The guy's one of the biggest. 150, the 152 out. average, 771 OPS, OPS 387 yeah. on, base, on base, and 53 walks, but 52 strikeouts. If you're not telling me those are the three true outcomes of the sport, it's all Yasmani Grandel. 10 yeah, wow. home runs, 52 strikeouts, 53 walks. And he just signed, so, a, huge, he just signed a huge contract. Everything in a nutshell. Yeah. He's the face of ba- he's the face of baseball. No doubt. Did he he got an extension? Oh, they, they signed him uh yeah, as a free years. agent for four years, right? Four years. Okay. But yeah, big big time money for for them, more than they've ever paid a catcher. Yeah. More than I think he's that was the highest paid player in the White Sox ever paid. Oh, oh by the way, I just had to mention one thing. We won't spend any time on it. We, we've done enough of that, but it'll lose my mind otherwise. Mario was was praying for me on was it was uh oh my god was was it Monday night it was Monday night the Cubs were on ESPN and the two announcers were Joe Buck and AJ Przinsky. No, that was Saturday. Saturday on Fox. I gotta shut the fucking TV sound off. It was Saturday. Saturday on Fox, and Przinsky spoke very highly of the Chicago area. I, yeah. I, I couldn't – I looked up there and I said, I this is like a nightmare. I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it either. I turned it on and I was like, he's gone a lot. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm telling you, you guys – He's not bad. He's, you know, he's – No, he's good. Like, I like the – I like his edginess. Like, he's yeah. he's a good color guy. Like, he's a funny yeah. color guy. Oh, he says what's on his mind. He, said, he says what we're thinking, you yeah. know. 
Yeah. You know so, uh, yeah, Yasmani Grandal is the highest paid player on the White Sox by uh, 250000 over da- Dallas Keuchel at eight, 18.25. Worth it. <laughs> yeah, <so>. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, only, a- the only thing is that uh, McCann still isn't it neither, is he? Oh, no, no. He, he, he went back to his back to baseball card. Yeah, you got out of him on the right – he was being he got moved at the right time. There was some, yeah. well, there I mean was no he just signed. We didn't we didn't he just he just walked. We didn't get okay. If you if you took away Yasmani's average, the rest of his stat line you would take from a catcher. Well he, he he's got 32, 32 runs scored, 10 home runs, 24 RBIs, 53 walks. Also, like you would take that from a catcher. In, in, in batter interference ball. He's oh, got like yeah. five this year. Right? Five or six. He's not good defensively. He frames well, but but you know, throwing runners out or he's not agile. He's, he's, he's not, not athletic. He's no. not, he's not. And you always wonder why the why the uh, Dodgers let him walk. Yeah. Now you see yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's yours for the next couple we, of years now. Yeah. Well, we need him. Hey, you know. Well, you gotta have he, he comes through in, in clutch times too. He gets. Decent hits, you know. I think he actually drove in the run today to uh, beat the Rays in the tenth inning, I believe. With a walk? No, I think it was <laughs> a line drive. I think it was. I, okay. I do believe it was a line drive. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Yeah. Man, you guys eight seven with the Rays. The Cardinals won one nothing in nine. Talk about a getaway day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean our bullpen's been shaky. Yeah, bring it in. Don't talk to me about shaky bullpens. Oh. I know, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be one of our strengths, and it's like well, it was supposed yeah. to be our it was supposed to be our downfall. Uh, yeah, you guys have like yeah, yeah. Dave, guys up or just, they're all Dave, they're all pitching well. Dave wants to complain about injuries, but all his injuries in the bullpen has led them having the best bullpen in the MLB. So I yeah, <laughs> a couple of the guys that are on the injured list, so they were pitching well in the bullpen when they were up here. Yeah, but I'm talking about like they're replacing like Rowan Wick, who hasn't been good really for the past couple of years. Yeah, the one good year when he got here. Yeah. But I mean, you know, how long? Blessing in disguise. How, I mean, how long is he going to go for Nance and people? I mean, I don't know. Some of these guys look like they've turned the corner. And well, I mean, the one thing that, you know, and I, like, and I don't know your pitching coach, so I can't do that. Like, both the Cubs and the Sox right now are, are blessing they have pretty good pitching coaches. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mike Maddox is a pretty good pitching coach. Oh, you got Maddox. That's right. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I can see what a difference it makes now because, I mean, some of these guys that have come here, you know, they've, they've really helped some of these guys turn the corner, either adding another pitch or doing whatever. And, but and is, that, that. is that the pitching coach or is that the expertise of a veteran catcher like Ross as your manager, like Molina for the it, Cardinals? It, does, as it, a, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. you know. Combination. Like mm-hmm. – you know, for the Cardinals, you have Molina, who's been around forever. And then for you guys, Contreras is a good catcher, but I'm sure Ross has more input when it comes to, hey, I, try this, try that. You know, because he's would, been he's would, been around the league for whatever twenty plus yeah, years. I mean, also. some of these guys are reclamation projects, and they've you know they've really worked out. There, you know, they, they had two really good pitches, but they only had two pitches, so you know, they they stay one along and, and get hammered, and now they've got that third pitch and. It's you know even if it's not your best one, you got to show it. Yeah, you so, still got a third. So realistically, take take the fan vote out of it. Every can we all agree every team should probably have three all stars? 
Every, uh, every one of our teams? Yeah, all three of these teams. Oh, three of our teams, yeah. I, I, I was I, like, I, I, every team. But here's what here's what makes me mad. No, I, no, I never, a lot of the other teams. No, no, there. People are like, I find it very hard to believe that people are arguing Tyler O'Neill is not an All Star this year. He's 15 home runs, 33 RBIs, 287, 942, 49 hits in, in only 49 games. Because they're not looking at just this year. They 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 should be, but they're not. Exactly. Well, and then, you know, like I, and the thing that is going to make me so mad is if Buster Posey wins a fan vote and then Will Smith is the other catcher. Probably. But if you match up Molina's numbers with them, Molina's having a better year. He's just not on the Dodgers. So truly, I think the Cardinals should have three. I think they only. I would like to be Contreras. Well, if it comes down to they uh, pick a third catcher, they're going to go. They're going to go with Molina based on history as much as this year. I mean, Contreras is he's he's locked out no matter what. Well, I think for catcher for Contreras, his slide that has put him down to below two forty is the reason, right? Yachty's well because he's catching every day. Yeah, so does Yachty, but he's hitting he's hitting two sixty nine. Yeah, not that huge a difference. I mean, you know that type of thing, but. I mean, he, you know, because Contreras has almost zero chance. You know, well, yeah, I mean, realistically, I don't th- – I don't – the three catchers, I – who from the Phillies is – I guess Bryce Harper is going to be an all-star, but I don't really know if they would – he's not going to win the fan vote, so then do players vote him in? I think – realistically, I think the catchers are going to be Posey, Will Smith because he's a Dodger, and Real Muto because he's going to be the only Philly in the game. That could be. Which kind of sucks. And then, you know, if the Reds really – like, that's why I hate the fan vote. There's – I know Winker and Castellanos are having good years, but you can't tell me that they're two of the all-star starters in the outfield. Well, by, by numbers they are. Bellinger? I don't. I don't see Bellinger any, anywhere near three fifty one or three. So did he slide a little bit? Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, they're. I mean, not you know, not even close. Cool. I mean, they're really off the charts. It, it, not only on batting average, you know, but they're up there in RBIs. They're up there, in, you know. Yeah, they're they're among the leaders in everything. Yeah, yeah. the OP, the slugging. Yeah, but when you play half your games in that wiffle ball field. Well, that that's part of it, but you know, unfortunately, that's that's where they play. I mean, you guys, everybody in Colorado should have been an all star at one time or another. I mean, you know, so well, that was going to be my point. I think the only the MLB will really royally screw one up if Arenado isn't back in Colorado for the all star game. Oh, I can't imagine he wouldn't be. Why wouldn't he be? I, well, he's, he's going to lose to a guy that's only played. Yeah, that, that's the other thing that makes me mad about the fan vote. Like, get rid of the fan vote because Chris Bryant could be a starting left fielder in the All Star game or right field. No, but that's what. But if he gets if he gets voted in as a third baseman, he has to play third base. He has to start the game at third base. Okay, but are you going to left field the second inning? Are you going to take it? But you're not going to do the disservice and take out Cassianos or Winker or Kuna after one inning. That's that's the thing that sucks about the fan vote. It's like the year that the Royals had like seven starters because they just flooded the, the mm. fan vote. 
But no, I I I don't know. I, I hope if it, Tyler... if, if it wasn't for Vlad Guerrero, Cincinnati would be one two in all the offensive categories. I mean, that's you don't see that too often. A pair of outfielders that are, are first, second in basically every offensive category. But you know that if I mean, if Vlad doesn't win a triple crown this year, it'll be amazing. Well, if if it wasn't for Fernando Tatis, they'd be one two in the National League for sure. Because they're they're one and three. But now, Tatis had a tough start. You know, but. So, Shoni Atani, is he is he the DH? Does he start as the pitch? Like both. <laughs> like, do you do that for the first time in an All Star game? Like, the pitchers don't hit in the All Star game. They don't. It's a DH. You know what I mean? Like, so or no? Do they? I think it's a universal DH for the All-Star game, right? Or is I it, think is it was, the, regardless of what park it is, I think so. Yeah. That's what I thought. I think, I I think that's true. I couldn't remember if they did. Although, you know what? It may not be because of the fact hmm. you look at the ballots. I, I looked at one and I filled one out. There is no voting for DH in the National League. No, but I, I think the National League just gets a pick to DH, I believe. So, but, yeah, that seems bad. But, yeah, I guess. But I just it it'll be kind of funny. I mean, I guess so. Who the Dodgers beat the Rays, right? Last year in the finals in the World Series. Yes. So it's Kevin Cash picking a starter. I mean, it'd be hard not to use the. Showtime, Showtime Pub as the starter and get the Japanese market freaking out about him being an all-star starter. I mean, let's be we can all probably assume that uh, Dave Roberts is going to pick one of the three Dodgers to start the game, no matter if they deserve it or not. Probably It'll probably be Kershaw. Sometimes they shy away from it, though, right? Because Just because of that reason. No, but then here's what he well, here's what would happen is he would start his guy, and then not pitch his other two guys and pitch everybody else. Oh yeah, so they're resting. Yep. But he would get the publicity of starting his guy and then start him game four off the All Star break. That's the perk about winning, I guess. But you know, so we'll wrap this one up. Yeah. Um. Hopefully by the next time we get together, there'll be somebody will have gone down for Dr. DeBall. So Oh, I bet. Yeah. I don't think this early. I think you got you gotta wait until it'll be around fourth of July when it happens. It it won't happen this early because they well they said I think they get a ten day window to stop. It's not an effective immediately thing. <laughs> but, but to get this get the stuff off your fingers and uh, get it out washed of your glove, out of your clothing yeah. and off your glove. Yeah. <laughs> to get a feel for it before they crack down. Yeah. Stop, stop mainlining the spider tap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wean yourself off this. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and then going back, Dave, I know you have that that Beckett 
for the baseball cards. You, yeah. We should talk a little bit about that. And make sort of I'll tell you, I'll do, I'll do a little digging through it and stuff like that. And, yeah. uh, I pulled up some of my, my baseball cards, so I've got those ready. I'd like to. Well, I was gonna say, we're yeah, because it's it's getting hot again. All the baseball cards. Are, well, yeah. There's a couple of things going on with baseball cards. First off, people are stealing them left and right. So a lot of stores. Are, that's why Target doesn't carry them anymore. 